yet, fellow adventurers. Back to Proving Ground 6. The Path to Cardson, Part 2. The conclusion of the previous part. Under the bright, clear skies of a frigid, cheerless autumn morning, with the unsettling smell of smoke still drifting through the trees, and the nightmarish images of the previous night still flashing through your thoughts, you warily resume your southward trek. Suddenly, as the smouldering ruins of the outpost are fading from view behind you, you're overcome by a powerful and eerie feeling you're being watched. The pulse quickens as your eyes scour the road and the forest in all directions, desperately seeking anything to either confirm or allay the fear that has suddenly gripped you. Then, as swiftly as it rose, the feeling subsides, leaving you at ease, but mindful that despite your ability to effectively fend for yourself, you are, as is your wand, quite alone as you move through the de this desolate corner of the kingdom. Your trek south takes you through a remote, desolate region of the kingdom and into Thanebell. While passing through the Vale, you become suspicious, more than one occasion, that someone is following you. You double back on your own trail several times, attempt to catch sight of your unknown pursuer, but you never once even catch a glimpse of anyone. Despite the, this lack of solid evidence, however, you remain convinced that your every move is being carefully watched. Nights alone in the thick of the wild prove to be the most difficult, and while you refuse to let your imagination run away, you can't seem to shake the feeling there was always a lurking, unseen danger near at hand. At last, and not a moment too soon for your frail nerves, you pass out of Thainville to the south, and make your way through the Pass of Maeltor, bound for the rugged southern foothills of the mighty range. It is there, somewhere in the hills south of Maeltor, north of Carson, that you hope to find Bear Path Lodge and reunite with Alf. As you break camp early one morning, under the shadow of one of the smaller peaks nest nestled in the Maeltor, you catch sight of a figure lurched on a rocky ledge high above. The figure lingers for a few moments, then retreats back from the edge of the cliff and disappears. You once again feel alone and vulnerable. The harsh, vulgar, shadow-draped terrain of the Pass of Maeltor and the upper, foot, uh, upper foothills gradually gives way to a vast region of rolling green whites, divided here and there by thick bands of ancient forest. Our directions proved to be foilless, and, and within three days of moving out from the under the shadow of Maeltor, you'll find yourself standing at the summit of a steep rise, staring down at a grand structure of wood and stone spread out across the floor of the shadow ve shallow vale below. Thick plumes of smoke rise out of four chimneys of the immense building. For several minutes, you remain perfectly still content to gaze down upon the pleasant scene. This is your first glimpse of Bear Path Lodge, and a more welcome sight you cannot, you cannot readily recall. Rather, the lodge is greeted with much fanfare. It's a group of no less than seven children rush, away, rush ahead, repeatedly shouting, He's arrived, and he's here! 
a gold-haired woman whom you believe to be considerably younger than her rugged appearance might suggest, steps out from the lodge's main door and smiles. She introduces herself to his mule, the wife of Orlin, the man I told you was a trusted friend and ally, and tells you they've been eagerly awaiting you. As you step out, step into the lodge behind Mural, a, bo- a booming voice calls out from somewhere within the vast hall. Mural, who's that? Is that him? Before Mural can answer, a towering golden beard man, dressed in noble attire that seems somewhat unfit for a life lived in a wild region like this, steps out the doorway on your left and immediately initiates a shoulder cross. <clears throat> it's a pleasure indeed to have you here at last, says Olin, who seems incapable of speaking anything less than a shout. I told Muir just this morning, over venison, and a bold-as-you-like bit of palo, that I had reason to believe you'd be turning up here in the next three days. Isn't that right? Muir rolls her eyes and excuses herself, telling you she has to tend to the affairs of the lodge. Fair's customarily neglected by her husband. She's right about that, he says laughing, as he places his hands on his hips and looks looks, uh, over you thoughtfully. Well, certainly good to have you here, Zoop. When Al told us you were in league with him, well, tickled us no end. Ours is a hard and dangerous sort of work, and we can use any help that comes our way. Hope like yours is something we aren't bold enough to pray for. Orleans' mood suddenly shifts, becomes quite sombre, as it ushers you into a small sitting room, just off the lodge's cavernous dining hall. With the joyful din of his seven children spilling through a bright open window at the edge of the room, and the steaming mug of and with the steaming mug of paler within arm's reach. You listen as the master of Bear Path Lodge relates to you an unsettling development. The owl arrived here just three days before you, he says, walking over to peer out of the window, zooming to set his eyes upon the children. Man, owl is fast! I'm afraid to say, though, that he's gone off again and hasn't come back. I feel I may be blamed for sending him into a trap. I haven't slept since he left, Soup. You ask Orlin to explain what he's speaking of, and he takes a seat across from you. There's someone else arriving here to meet the two of you, he says. A young spellcaster from Seer named Corleth. He hired, he hired, hired a guide and a few guards and set out for a humble lodge nine a fortnight ago. Never showed up. He received a ra- rather ominous note on the very morning the owl arrived. Found it tapped to the door. Said he'd been taken to the bone pit. Recall only a few scant details about the notorious and long abandoned prison known as the bone pit. Centuries ago, the gal, the gals used to house the most dangerous of the kingdom's enemies. The dark stories of torture and execution in the shadowy halls of the prison gave wise to its eerie moniker. And for the last 300 years, the gale has remained unused. 
The bone pit exists now as nothing more than a blight. The landscape of Southern Telsa. Haunting memory of a more sinister epoch. According to what you remember having heard about the prison, it should be somewhere in the immediate vicinity of the log lodge. Yes, the bone pit, repeats Owen. That is where they took poor Clove. Since that place that old Owen went straight away to fetch him back. Went on my suggestion, you know. They feel just awful about it now. So he'd gone and made a bad situation that much worse. We'll speak with all of at length and learn that he, along with Owl, is one of the original members of the Wabble. Orlin tells you that Colin, the young mange whom Owl went into the bone pit seeking, is the very man who was to decipher the coded journals, one of which you still possess. Suppose you kept yours safe. He asks, peering at you oddly forward. Without Corinth, we were a good three steps backwards, if you follow. He was someone we could trust. Just listen to me. I should not speak of him if he's gone. The things bode ill for him at the moment, I dare say. And for Owl. Arnin tells you that only yesterday, he and one other of the Wabble, a woodsman by the name of Tim Timith, scouted the old prison. It's only a few miles north and west the lodge. He tells you that he saw a large force of Welstmen moving about the bones, the grounds of the bone pit, often disappearing into its shadowy depths. Don't even know how Owl could get past that. Don't know how even Owl could get past that many of them, he says. I don't know they're in such numbers. I might have suggested another course. So there we have it, Soup. Find a mess of things you're ever likely to walk in upon. A dreadful thought suddenly dawns on you. As you ask all of them, I was cowering the cold journals when he set out on the mission to rescue Corliff. The master of Bear Path Lodge smiles and shakes his head. He knew better than that, he says. They left in my keeping. I dare say they'll be safe enough there. Safe enough here, but they'll not stay. I'll send them into the wilds with some of them. Huntsman. Both of those books need, needn't rest under the same roof. Begin to realise the dire significance of the events that Orlean has just related. With the young mage in their hands, and possibly Owl as well, the forces of the Grand Century have struck, struck a blave, grave blow against the wabble. Owl has told me you're one for the cause, says Orlean, studying you carefully. I hold no sway of you, of course, but it would seem to me that our next course is to try and save our two fellows from the claws of, the, of our enemies. Would you be willing to venture into the bone pit? Though you expected it, Orlan's question somehow seems to find you at a loss for words. Still, you manage to nod and tell him you will make every effort to rescue Owl and Corliff from their captures, all in knots. And of course, Owl's likely not to be captured at all, he says. Though I can imagine he would very much appreciate your help in whatever plans he's cooked up. Orlin narrows his eyes and lowers his voice. You do have the third journal, of course, he says. I think it would be best to leave that with me. It can be dispersed with the others. We need not take such treasure into the enemy's nest. You certainly have strong reservations about leaving the book in Orlean's care. 
so we can use divination for some clues. Succeeded. You sense that Orlin can be trusted, but you have no way of knowing whether or not he will be able to protect the book as effectively as you. Stu, you realise, it is you who is likely to be, be among the very enemy that so covets the journal. Okay, I'll give Orlain the, co the coded journal. You hand the journal to Orlain and he quickly stashes it away. By this afternoon, it will no longer be under this roof, he says. It will go with the others into the wild, in the possession of a trusted man, who had very little difficulty evading a few whilst men. You nod, hoping that the whilst men are all, are all that the bearers of the journals would ever find themselves confronted with. Decide to set out, a, set out on your mission at once. Realising that even the slightest delight delay could prove disastrous, Oren tells you that he will lead you to the prison, but will go no further. Such endeavours aren't for the likes of me, he says. I leave all such matters in capable hands like yours, or ours. There's one thing I wish to make plain, Zoop. I don't want you to misunderstand. I'll close his eyes briefly, and we open them. If you're able to retrieve both Corliff and Owl, it will, it will be all the merrier, he says. But if there's only a chance to get one of them, you must choose the caster. Our is to be left. It's a grim, it is grim practicality, I'm afraid. I'm not certain there is anyone else able to decipher the journals. About the law they're said to contain, our cause suffers a grievous blow. Arl is one for the cause, and I think he would outright agree with me at this point. You're not quite certain I would agree with what Orlean has just said. Let's hope I don't have to make that choice. Orlean bids his wife and children farewell. Tell them he plans to return shortly. He tells you the Bone Pit is only a few miles north and west of the lodge. The trek is hardly troublesome. With that, the two of you set off from the lodge, uncertain as to what you'll find awaiting you, the site of the long-abandoned prison. And as the, as the miles pass away beneath your feet, you say more than one prayer for the safety of the captured long, young mage, and for your unaccounted-for companion. The journey to the site of the old prison passes without incident, at last you find yourself standing at the top of a steep, winding track that makes its way down between two towering banks of hills, straight into the stickly forested heart of the deep vale. Owen tells you, at the bottom of the vale, you'll find remains of the prison known as the Bone Pit. As I told you, I was down there just a couple of days ago, he said. The whole place crawled with Welshmen then. You look after yourself now. And take care. You'll find the way in just past what's left of the gates. You can't miss it, that's for certain. The master of the Bear Path Lodge bids you farewell, writes you as if it was necessary not to linger any longer than needed, for fear that you might also find yourselves in the hand of the enemy. To meeting, meeting you in a final shot across, he turns and heads for home. The steep, meandering track that leads down into the vale proves to make for a, for a treacherous descent. Time and again, you only just catch yourself, 
from slipping on the loose ground underfoot, sending a shower of rock and dust down onto the green dell below. At length, you reach the bottom of the trail, and, and you spend a few moments surveying your surroundings, intensely watching and listening. Any sign indicate you are not alone. There is no one else in the vicinity. You head north into the heart of the Vale, seeking out the gates of the bone pit. Takes you less than an hour to locate the fallen, decayed gates and shattered wall of the infamous Gale, tucked away deep in the tangled mist of the Vale. Once you become aware of the sound of someone in distress, painful groans rise up from somewhere to the east. You immediately set off in search of the sound of the unnerving noise. Covering less than 20 yards, you spot a man in a leather tunic lying on the ground in front of a heavy iron door that leads into the ancient prison. His tunic is covered in blood and he raises his left hand to his face. Half right to see that three of his fingers are missing. Wasting no time, you move up to his side and stare down at him. He turns his gaze upwards to meet your stare and winces as the, pa- as the pain that whacks his body momentarily becomes unbearable. You best finish me off. Be right quick about it, he says. I know why you've come here. You won't find what you're after. Nah, it's too late for any of that. You suddenly realise the man is the Wastman, one of the men who undoubtedly captured Corif and brought him to the foul place. It's what he means by too late. And based on his dire condition, you almost fear his response. They woke up something in that place, he says shutting his eyes tightly and grimacing as another wave of pain surges through him. He passed through the halls, a legion of bone before it, felling anything in its path. The Welshman falls silent, then looks up at you, opening his eyes wide. The young cast was behind it, he says. He opened the gate that let it through. It's still in there. There aren't many who got out, save me, just a few others. They're coming back for me, but they won't make it in time. Don't think you'll find either of your friends alive down there. That's the man if I was there, he nods. He was there, causing the trap that was laid for him. He didn't get out. Be sure of that. He was. With that horrible, nightmarish, gurgling sound it was from his open mouth, his body goes limp. Wincing, you turn away from the man's corpse and slowly make your way to towards the door that will allow you entry into the bone pit. You pray that not everything the dying Rouseman has told you will prove to be true. Utilising extreme caution, you pull open the heavy door, revealing a set of crumbling steps spiral downwards into the deep gloom of the ancient prison. With your faithful light source in hand, and eager to discover for yourself the fates of Corinth and Al, you carefully make your way down into the shadowy depths of the bone pit. Hind you to the east, 
is the winding, crumbling stair that leads up and out of the gloomy prison. The walls and floor in this section of the corridor have been heavily spattered with blood. It's apparent that a gruesome battle was recently waged on this very spot, despite the grim scene that surrounds you. The ease by which you could use the stairs to escape this place you remain determined to discover the fate of your missing companion. Right, attempt to rest here. You tuck yourself away into a shadowy nook next to the base of the winding stair. Attempt to get some much, much needed rest. Pick a number. Bonus of 38. 19 from thievery. 19 from luck. Need 75 or more. Success! Your brief respite passes uneventfully, and I am fully restored. So I have to remember that. Okay. In the southeast corner of this dungeon, gonna go north now. A stench of decay fills the dark, cold corridors of the long abandoned prison. Now and again, you happen upon a section of the passage that's spattered with blood. Evidence of a brutal scene that occurred. Only recently. Alright, there's something to the north. This section of the corridor is littered with the bloodied remains of nearly a dozen leather and chain clad men. As you make your way past the gruesome scene of death, you stare down tattered remains of the fallen. And your thoughts turn back to the words of the Roustman you encountered at the entrance above. It passed through the halls. A legion of bone before it, felling anything in its path. You realise that these are the corpses of those who were in the dying Roustman's company. Those, those days came to a sudden and brutal close in the gloomy passages of the abandoned prison. Suddenly, an eerie feeling comes over you, and you turn to find a sinister figure gliding into view out of the darkness. A tall, frail figure of a cloaked man, his bony hand holding aloft the tarnished lantern, moves silently out of the gloom ahead. The feeble yellow glow emitted by the lamp splashes across the damp stone floor and spills onto your feet. The figure raises its left hand and at once, much to horror, the bloody corpses strewn about the floor begin to twitch. As the sinister figure retreats silently into the shadows, the first of the newly risen undead legion staggers to its feet. Nauseating stents of death overwhelms your senses as the moaning, leather-clad corpse lurches forward and attacks. The newly risen undead fiend appears to possess immense physical strength. With growing dismay, you spot six more hideous corpses rising slowly to their feet. It's a moaning, leather-clad corpse. Corpse moans loudly as it reaches out for you with its bloodied limbs. The touch of your enemy sends a deathly chill the length of your body for 25 damage. Right, bash, bash, bash. Another touch for 26 damage. 7 XP. Still time to celebrate your victory over the gruesome undead being. 
he quickly assumed a defensive stance, prepared to engage the next of the wizen corpses. A nauseating stench of death overwhelms your senses as the bloodied, leather-clad corpse surges forward and attacks. The newly wizened, undead fiend appears to possess immense physical strength. With glowing dismay, you spot five more hideous corpses rising slowly to their feet. Okay, I'm just going to quick combat these. That's five. There's little time to celebrate your victory over the gruesome undead being 7xp. Quickly assume a defensive stance and prepare to engage the next. That's number four. Four more left. Three more left. Two more left. Staggering chain-clad corpse. One more after this one. Staggering leather-clad corpse. And 7xp. And a blood. Thankfully, this appears to be the last of them. It's a bloody leather-clad corpse. And it is slain, 7xp. It's the last of the gruesome undead. Slumps to the floor at your feet. You suddenly catch sight of the tall, cloaked, lantern-bearing figure moving towards you through the gloom. Pick a number. Bonus of 30. 20 from spirit, 10 for more. Need 50 or more. Success! 118. 228 experience to general. The sinister figure draws to within only a few yards of where you stand before it suddenly turns and retreats silently into the shadows. A matter of moments, there is no longer any sign of the ghoulish figure or its glowing lantern. Okay, I'm going to keep going north. Suddenly, out of the gloom ahead, stalks this hideous, terrifying sight. You quickly draw yourself into a defensive posture as you prepare to make a stand against the gruesome undead horror. Now, swiftly closing in, it's a staggering corpse. Staggering corpse of the recently slain Roustman savagely attacks you. Brutal stroke for 11 damage. And it is slain. 7xp. With the remains of your undead foe scattered about the floor of the passage at your feet, you quickly check over your equipment before once again setting off on your way. Okay. In the northeast corner. Another thing coming up. Oh, it's the same thing that happened before. These are the corpses of those who are in the dying Welshman's company. Suddenly, an eerie feeling comes over you as you turn to find the sinister figure guiding to view out of the darkness. The tall, frail figure of a cloaked man, his bony hand holding aloft a tarnished lantern, moves silently out of the gloom ahead. The feeble, Yellow glow emitted by the damp splashes across the damp stone floor and spills onto your feet. The figure raises his left hand at once, much to your horror. The bloody corpses strewn about the floor begin to twitch. As the sinister figure retreats silently into the shadows, the first of the newly risen undead staggers to its feet. It's a chattered chain-clad corpse. It's going to quick combat all of these. Five. Four. 
three. All right, take some time to heal. Two, Moaning Chain Clank had corpse. Seven XP for each of them. The next of them. This is the last of them. It's a gruesome chain card corpse. Seven XP. As the last of the gruesome undead slumped to the floor of your feet, you kindly sat sight of the tall, cloaked, lantern-bearing figure moving towards you through the gloom. Pick a number. Bonus of 30. Need 50 or more. Success. 121. 128 experience to general. The sinister figure tours through there only a few yards where you stand, for it suddenly turns and retreats silently into the shadows. Matter of moments, there is no longer any sign of the ghoulish figure or its glowing lantern. Okay, going along the north side, something coming up right now. It's another pile of dead Welstmen. And I admit, as a member of the Wabble, I'm conflicted about it. I mean, I don't want them around, but I'd rather, much rather, they just, you know, had their mind control broken. Although I assume there's probably a few that went into it willingly. Because there's always a few. You know, just... The sort of people who just want want to have a semi-legitimate reason to just be violent and thuggish. And just go, hey, you vicious dictator, you'll give me a semi-legitimate reason to be a violent thug? Okay, give give me your skull. Go on. Is that a skull on the hat in the uniform? Cool! Yay! <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be a thug for semi-legitimate reasons. Yay! <laughs> now, there would be some people like that, but I think most of them are mind-controlled. Or, you know, just terrorised into it. Or going along with it, because it's just about the only thing that pays. I wouldn't say what the ratios are because I haven't really done a survey because they're fictional. It's very hard to do a survey of fictional people. Yes. <laughs> you know, unless you're... <laughs> unless you're Boris Johnson, in which case you do it very easily. <laughs> Alright. It's that, fig that lantern-bearing figure again. Newly risen undead legion staggers to his feet. Five more after this one. Seven XP. Four, four left. It's always seven XP for these. Because that's just how tough they are. Okay, quickly heal. Yeah, that's the thing when you're quick combat, gotta remember to heal. 7 XP. It's the last of the gruesome undead slumps to the floor at your feet. Suddenly catch sight of the tall, cloaked, lantern-bearing figure moving towards you through the gloom. Pick a number. Bonus of 30. 20 from spirit. 10 for uh, 50 or more. Success with 128. And 128 experience to general. 
the sinister figure draws to within only a few yards of where you stand, for it suddenly turns and retreats silently into the shadows. Matter of moments, there is no longer any sign of the ghoulish figure or its glowing lantern. Suddenly, out of the gloom ahead stalks a hideous, terrifying sight. Quickly draw yourself into a defensive posture to prepare to make a stand against the gruesome undead horror now swiftly closing in. It's a skeletal guardian. Hmm. I assume this must be one of the ones it brought with him. Although admittedly it is a prison. A notorious prison, so there's probably a few old skeletons around for it to rise. Begin combat. Well, it had it had a horde of undead with it, so yeah, it could be it's probably one of the ones it brought with him. Because you know, skeletal guardian swipes with its ancient blade, brutal stroke for nine damage. Bashy bash 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 bash. It is slain. Eight XP. With the remains of your undead foe scattered about the floor of the passage at your feet, you quickly check over your equipment. For once again setting off on your way. Okay, gonna heal. Okay, moving to the northwest corner. No, this northwest corner, something to the south. The passage comes from the abrupt halt, leaving you no option but to turn and head back the way you came. Fleeting seconds, you're uncertain if perhaps your eyes are playing tricks on you in the gloom. Believe you see something on the near wall. As you step closer to examine the wall, however, you find nothing. What if I used my skill of thievery? Nope, no, nope, no, nope. it must be one of those things that's only revealed if I press a lever or a button somewhere else, or defeat a special foe, or put an item in a place, or something else. Alright. Moving more towards the middly part, something to the south. Oh, it's another pile of dead Roustmen and a sinister figure gliding into view out of the darkness. Yep, it's that cloaked man with his lantern. One dead legion staggers to his feet, just going to quick combat these. Because yeah, they're pretty much. All the combats are the same. That's what quick combat is for. It's for when you're going through a whole huge numbers of the same sort of stuff. It's just quicker. I mean, if you're going through a new and unique thing, don't quick combat because there's usually some interesting text to read. The lat next, it's the last one. Tattered chain clad corpse. And 7 XP. As the last of the gruesome undead slumps to the floor at your feet, you currently catch sight of the tall, cloaked, lantern-bearing figure moving towards you through the gloom. Pick a number. Bonus of 30, need 50 or more. Success! With 81, 128 experience to general. The sinister figure draws to within only a few yards of where you stand. For it suddenly turns and retreats into the shadows. 
matter what moments, there is no longer any sign of the ghoulish figure with glowing lantern. Okay, it's probably looking for more dead to ways. Alright, I'm on the western side, there's a little alcove. The wide corridor ends suddenly. Suddenly at the foot of a towering pile of rubble that bars any further progress west. It is obvious that this portion of the passage collapsed, though you are able to reasonably determine that the cave-in was not a recent event. With no other recourse, you turn and head back to the east. Okay. There's a little loop in the centre. And there's something here. Oh, here they come again. Dead Welstman, eerie figure, he wises them. They were wise. And then they will fall again, because I make them fall. Oh, gotta keep bashing them. Alright, four more. Three more. And two more. Take that down. Bit of healing. Now, fortunately, I can always just restore myself. The point I found at the start of this dungeon. So I don't really have to worry about running out of NV. Alright, here's, uh, here's that check again. What happens? 7xp and success with 63. 128 experience to general. The sinister figure draws with only a few yards of where you stand, for it suddenly turns and tweets into the shadows. In a matter of moments, there is no longer any sign of the ghoulish figure with glowing lantern. Okay, there's an alcove to the north. The corridor you're following ends at a tall arch that leads into the border chamber long. After peering through the arch for several moments, Earnestly seeking any movement between the gloom, you stalk cautiously, step beneath the ornate arch of stone, and pass into the chamber. Large circular chamber in which you're standing. It's roughly semicircular, with a high vaulted ceiling. A tall arch to the south passes out of the chamber, and into the gloomy passage beyond. You suddenly spot the body of a young man sprawled out, Face down on the floor in the centre of the womb, you cautiously approach his body. As you draw up to the body, you're surprised to find the young man is still breathing. Slowly, his head turns to look at you, revealing a youthful face blackened by what appears to be soot and smeared with blood. At that moment, you notice the thin pool of blood beneath his head and neck. You're too late for me, I'm afraid. He says, as his jaw begins to tremble. Have you found out? They took him from this room before that thing emerged from the gate. Realising that the young man lying on the floor before you, those life ebbs away before your eyes, is indeed Corrith, the vaulted mage who Al came here in search of. Quick, uh, use the power of restoration. Use it. Use it. Gotta heal him. He's very important. No, no, it doesn't occur to me to heal him. You quickly 
you quickly tell Korath you've came here to find both he and Al, and offer to help out the prison, and to attempt to find a way to save her from impending death. The young mage only shakes his head. I knew in the end I would sacrifice for the cause, he says, his voice now weak and wavering. I knew you were coming to the lodge, Zoops, and I had great hope for what your involvement would mean for a cause. I still do. You must not talk, though. Just listen to me. You may yet be able to find out if he remains in this place. His voice growing weaker with every word he utters. The dying mayor tells you he was captured by a band of Welstmen as he attempted to reach Bear Path Lodge to seek the counsel of Owen and await the wild arrival of Owl. A dozen or more of them dragged me down into this place, leaving leaving a trail easy enough for Owl to find and follow, he says. It was their chance to get their hands on the code in those journals, and to remove two of the sharper thoughts who ever found their way into their sights. Oh, I told you, that when he was brought into this chamber by his captures, he was stunned to find Owl already present, lurking in the shadows, waiting for an opportunity to effect a rescue. He didn't realise I hadn't seen him, he says. I had seen him, says Corneth, his face growing ashen. Otherwise he would have never tried to signal me. That lone signal, meant only for me, went away and gave away his position. And resulted in all of this. Karma tells you that two of the Welshmen spotted Al's furtive gesture. The alarm was raised. The master thief was ordered into the open, where a pair of crossbows were immediately trained, trained upon me. It was then that I knew I had to do something, however drastic, as called grimacing, to be na- as he na- as even yes, if even now he regrets the decision. I hurriedly summoned a gate hoping we may be able to pass through it and escape. But by haste I was careless. But how was I to know that something was waiting to pass through? Because there's always something waiting to pass through. Whenever you open a gate, it's about a 50-50 chance that some hideous monster's going to come out of it. And if someone else opens a gate... That's probably the point of it. Your pulse quickens as the dying maze describes for you the lantern-bearing, cloaked figure that stepped out of the portal. Those gates are quite unpredictable, she might know, he says, pausing as he takes a rapid gasp for breath. The creature came through, with an army of dead behind him, swift and savage. I have never encountered anything with such power before. A true lord of the undead. Learn that upon the arrival of the cloaked and bearing undead lord, the Welsh immediately took flight, taking no per- further heed of their captives. Korath then tells you the skeleton legion swiftly descended upon them, hacking at them with their blades and tearing at their flesh with their stone-hard claws. I fell to the ground and feigned death, he says, and that seemed to be enough, for they stepped past me and rushed out into the hall in pursuit of my captures. Then they looked up to find the gate and opened was now closed, 
and there was no longer any sign of the undead lord or owl. I told you, he hoped Owl was able to escape, but he remains unaware of his fate. We'll describe to the young maids the carnage you encountered while making your way through the corridors, and dodds grimly. The owl is no stranger to now escapes, he says, his voice trailing as he's overcome by several intense waves of pain. If there's anyone who can find their way out of a spot like this, it's Owl, for his sake. First, the cause. I prayed it to that. And that you will do the same. I have told you. You heard several of our make mention of one or more sealed iron doors, which are supposedly to be found somewhere in the prison. Owl might have used such doors as a means of sealing off his escape. Or perhaps he's barricading himself behind one of them. The latter is true. He won't be able to get out again without your help. The old maid suddenly falls silent. You fear he's rapidly starting to slip away. He swallows hard, however, and turns to look up at you before continuing in a much lower voice. There are three levers somewhere in here. You know that two of them need to be up, and the other must be down. Which are to be up and which down? Alas, I cannot say. Those three levers will release the sealed doors, however many of them still stand. You can thank the talkative nature of my former captors for what I've just related to you. Or it tells you that the levers are hidden, but based on what he overheard from his captors, he describes for you how he believes you'll be able to notice them. You thank him for the information and vow to remain watchful for the hidden levers. Suddenly, quite claps loudly closes his eyes. Moments later, he slowly opens them again and looks up at you, with just a hint of fear now discernible upon his weary, ashen face. Listen to me, he says, voice now barely above a whisper. Mind you don't find yourself caught behind any of those doors. You might close you in. And there's no way out once that happens. You tell Cora you'll be careful, and he smiles. He then, he then relates to you a single, final request. See it done, Soap, he says, resolutely, voice suddenly gaining strength. See our course through to the end, wherever it may leave. Great wickedness walks in Cardson, as I've no doubt you will yet live to see. It's a evil that longs to spread its wings. Complacently, blind trust and will smote asunder by the magic of devils. This is what we're up against, and so too, I fear, may prove our undoing. See, Donzoop, and tell Al farewell, you best with that. Al's eyes thicker and close, they do not open again. You're about to fold the young mage's arms across his chest and say a quick prayer to mark his passing when his body suddenly bursts into flame. I guess that's probably the sensible thing to to wig up when you've got when you've got some sort of necromantic undead lord who keeps wising everybody walking around. 
You nimbly leap back from the intense blaze and watch as the fire rapidly consumes his lifeless body. In less than a minute, the flames have subsided, leaving, leaving in their wake only a small pile of smoking ash. You bid a silent farewell to Corinth, vowing to do what you can to help carry out his final request. In the large chamber which you're standing is roughly semicircular, with a high, vaulted ceiling. Tall arch to the south passes out of the chamber into the gloomy passage beyond. A small, smouldering pile of ash in the centre of the room is all that remains to mark the passing of Corinth. Head south, leave the chamber. Okay. Okay, I'm going to spiral into the middle. Oh, so it's a big pile of future undead. Now, old lantern... Old lantern face. It's going to wise them. Six more. Okay. Keep keep at them. Keep bashing them up. And just hope there isn't that many more of them. Well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, there's a healing point here. But still, it's... It's keep it's keeping me away from owl. I mean, we don't even know. We don't know those things could be airtight. All right, that's the last of them. It's the last of the gruesome undead. Sumps to the floor at your feet. You suddenly catch sight of the tall, cloaked, lantern-bearing figure moving towards towards you through the gloom. Pick a number. Bonus of thirty. Need fifty. Success with 68, 128 experience to general. The sinister figure draws to with only a few yards of where you stand, before it suddenly turns and tweets silently into the shadows. In a matter of moments, there is no longer any sign of the ghoulish figure or its glowing lantern. Okay, I'm in, I'm at the end of the middle bit. Something to the west. The passage you've been following ends abruptly at a wide iron door. Despite the obvious signs of decay that mark its dark surface, the door remains intact and still serves as a formidable barrier. You closely examine the rusted slab of metal but find no latch or any other obvious means by which you might attempt to open it. Three strange symbols are engraved upon the thick rim at the base of the door, leaving you to believe the massive barrier is somehow protected by magic. You believe that behind the door lies a chamber that was once home to the prison's most dangerous denizens. Suddenly, faint but certain, you hear what sounds like something repeatedly tapping on the opposite side of the door. Only a few moments, the tapping stops. With no way of opening the door, and no way to currently circumvent the powerful magic that seals it, you turn away and prepare to resume your exploration. So that beyond that door will be where Owl is. Okay, onto the south south corridor. Something's turned up. Yeah. Yep, more. It's going to wise more undead. Five more. 
four more. Yeah, just quit combating them. Because, I mean, you don't. Alright, I'm going to normal combat this one, just to check. The horn, the corpse moans loudly as it reaches out for you with its bloodied limbs. Touching your enemy sends a deathly chill the length of your body for 30 damage. Oh, another touch. And a third touch, 17 damage. But, nevertheless, it is slain. 7 Seven XP. Right, heal from that. Quick combat once more. Seven XP. The guys names the next one. Moaning leather clad corpse. Slain. Seven XP. Is that bonus? Is that check again? Bonus of thirty. Need fifty. Failure. As the cloaked figure draws near, it suddenly holds up its bony left arm. Some of the very corpses who just returned to their west begin to twitch. As the sinister figure squeaks silently into the shadows, the first of the newly undead legions staggers to its feet. What? I just killed these! Six more after this. Okay, I've got to kill them all over again. Yeah, you don't want to fail that check. But it's not like there's anything you can do. Other than, of course, making sure your spirit and all are at max. But you're going to do that anyway. Yeah, so sometimes you have to fight them all over again. Not very often, mind. It's quite easy to check. But... Well, it's the last of them. And there we are. Heal from that. Same check again. Bonus 30, need 50. Failure. Oh, that's just unlucky. I picked 5. I roll 5 plus 30 for 35. Okay, 5 more. Just keep, keep them going. Keep them going. Yep, just got to keep, keep on bashing. Bashing down the undead. One fine day, they're gonna stop being wasted. And that would be nice. Oh, it's the last of this lot. There's that check again. Bonus of 30, need 50, pick now. 104, success. Okay, and stay down! Stay down! 128 experience, Sir General. The sinister figure draws to within only a few yards of where you stand, for it suddenly turns and retreats silently into the shadows. In a matter of moments, there is no longer any sign of the ghoulish figure with glowing lantern. Okay, now on to the southwest corner. I think I think that's all, if most, perhaps all of the encounters with the lantern figure. The passage comes to an abrupt halt, leaving you no option but to turn and head back the way you came. For a fleeting second, you're, so you're uncertain if perhaps your eyes are playing tricks on you in the gloom. You believe that you see something near the far wall. Guided by Korf's description of the lever, you suddenly realise strange tapes show back at you on the near wall the top of a cleverly concealed stone lever. 
Your fingers can only reach the very top of the lever as the rest of the device is hidden away behind the wall. It looks as if the lever could easily be moved to one of three positions, currently in the middle position. The passage comes to a blocked halt, leaving no option but to turn back the way you came. Cleverly concealed on the near wall is a stone lever. Your fingers can only reach the very top of the lever as the rest of the device is hidden away behind the wall. Alright, move it into the upper position. Carefully move the lever into the upper position. Alright, head back east. Okay, there's the uh, another one. Move into the upper position. Head back south. Okay, I think suddenly it's a cloaked skeleton. I'm just going to bash that. Reaches out for you. None of that. No reaching. Bad touch. 7xp. Yeah, random battles. A trail figure of a cloaked man. His bony hand holding aloft. A tarnished lantern moves silently out of gloom ahead. The feeble yellow glow emitted by the lamp splashes across the damp stone floor and spills to your feet. Without warning, the cloaked figure steps forward and raises his left hand. The light cast by the lantern momentarily reveals the sickly grey pallor, the rotting skin drawn tightly across his sunken face. A powerful wave of negative Neville energy suddenly washes over you. Pick a number. Bonus of 60. 20 from mind, 20 from spirit, 20 from aura. Yeah, that's pretty much the standard sanity check. Need 100 or more. 155. Success. You manage to stave off the cloaked being's unseen attack. Before you can leap forward to engage him, his tall, frail form swiftly glides back into the shadows and is lost from sight. Okay, now, pull those two levers up, and I think I encountered that other lever here in the northwest. Pull it into the lower position. Head back north. Okay, I hope that's what we need to do. Alright, let's go back to Owl. Alright, Owl in the little alcove off the middle bit. The passage you've been following ends abruptly at a wide iron door. Despite the obvious amounts of decay that mark its dark surface, the door remains intact and still serves as a formidable barrier. Closely examine the rusty slab of metal, but find no latch or other obvious means by which you might attempt to open it. Three strange symbols are engraved upon the thick rim at the base of the door, leading you to believe the massive barrier is somehow protected by magic. Believe that behind the door lies a chamber that was once home to, to the prison's most dangerous denizens. Suddenly, faint but certain, you can hear what sounds like something repeatedly tapping on the opposite side of the door. Then, much to your surprise, the massive door slides away into the wall to your right, revealing the interior of the small, rubble-strewn chamber. Standing just beyond the threshold is, is a familiar 
and woke from sight. Oh, his face blackened with grime and dust. His left arm bloodied, shakes his head and grins. Second time you've had to pull me out of a place like this, he says, smirking. Of course, I found the accommodations back in Sargon Keep just a bit more civilised. Owl steps forward and meets you on the shoulder, boss, and, and begins to explain to you he needs to go back and find Korath. Is at that moment, with all the tact and grace you can muster, you tell the master thief the young mage is dead. Owl pauses and stared at you for a moment, as if carefully deliberating for each of your words. Last, he sighs and nods. In the end, it's foolish to come to the lot, he says. She'd never have asked Corliff to go there. Now we're quite out of sorts. Corliff exhales heavily and hangs his head for a, for a moment. At least I left the books with all on back at the lodge, he says. I dared not bring them within three leagues of this place. Come, we must be off. As you turn to make your way east along the corridor, Al subtly tells you there's one further matter he must attend to before leaving the prison. I will attend to it myself, he says, glancing at you. You are to head to the western side of the prison and find a caved-in passage. It's a small opening on the white that leads up and out of this place. It's the only chance to leave here without being seen. If you think the wildsmen who made it out alive aren't lying in wait for us by the main gates. I don't think there really is any Welshman who made it out alive, but he was calling for more people, so they could have arrived by now. I mean, I have been dungeoneering for a long time. Presumably, there are Welshmen all over the place. I agree and tell the Master Thief that you will make for the caved-in passage. He tells you he will take care of a final matter and soon follow along. Don't wait for me when you reach the surface, he says. Make for Bear Path Lodge. Be along as soon as I can. With that, Owl turns and darts off to the east, quickly disappearing into the deep gloom of the corridor. Prepare to set off the caved-in passage on the western side of the prison. Okay, we've seen that before. Let's just go there. There's nothing more to do here, I don't think. I mean, I've been to every place here. Owl is rescued. Just check anything more in this chamber. Nope, nothing, nothing in that chamber. All right, so the Western Passage. The wide corridor ends suddenly. Suddenly at the foot of a towering pal. Towering pile of rubble that bars any further progress west. It is obvious that this portion of the passage collapsed, though you have been able to reasonably determine the cave-in was not a recent event. Recording what Owl told you about the now opening to the white, you quickly search the heap of rock and discover the makeshift passage. Go through the narrow opening. After squeezing through the narrow opening, you find yourself in a broad, upward-sloping passage. Slowly and cautiously, you press on to at last several thin strands of daylight 
stabbed through the darkness roll up ahead, splashing across the uneven floor of the rubble-strewn corridor. The sudden sound of something dropping into the passage behind you fills you with dread. As a sharp hiss echoes along the corridor, you turn to face this new and deadly fillet. Standing in the corridor just behind you, his bloodied hands gripping the hide-wrapped silt hilt of a longsword is the freshly risen corpse of a recently slain Ralstman. The freedish creature, you know, in servitude of an undead lord that searched these halls, stretches wide his tattered jaws and unleashes a vicious hiss. Something inexplicable tells you the undead Ralstman possesses great power. Realising your undead foe will likely attack you at any moment, your mind made races as you hurriedly contemplate your next course of action. Obviously, I, mean, I could escape, but I'm going to hold my ground and engage the undead Ralstman. Your risen undead foe is almost immediately upon you, hissing as he slashes out at you with his deadly blade. The vicious undead foe slashes out at you with his sword. Particularly brutal stroke for about, what, 14 damage? Another brutal stroke, 13 damage. And slain. 265 experience. 384 experience general. Your, your hideous undead foe collapses onto the floor of the passage and does not move again. Lying atop his bloodied remains is the sword he was wielding. It appears to be a remarkable weapon. He wondered perhaps you should take it. It's an unmatched longsword, and of course I'll take it. No desire to linger here even a moment longer. You quickly turn and head up the passage. You soon reach the end of the corridor and find it blocked by a pile of toppled stone. Several, small, four, several fallen shattered pillars. You immediately begin searching for a way out. It takes only a moment to find one. Less than a minute later, you crawl out through a narrow gap between two toppled columns of stone and find yourself on the northern side of the long abandoned prison, well concealed beneath a thick pocket of evergreens. Hmm. It's odd that we didn't really ever deal with that lantern guy. The sound of soft footfalls from behind startles you. You turn to fight Owl striding up to your side. I did tell you I'd be right along, he says, slapping your shoulder as you walk by. Owl pauses and then smiles at you. Fine bit of work of that nasty fiend in the tunnel back there, he says. Have to say, I'm certainly glad I didn't have to contend with the likes of that. Come on then. Let's be honest. Two of you strike out due east from the ruined prison, making certain you don't want turn to the south until you can cover the considerable distance. Despite the fact there is nothing to indicate any of the Welshmen escapes their gruesome ordeal, the dark passages of the bone pit, and all seems uneasy, tells you he's more more than once he's eager to return to Bear Path Lodge. We'll go east again from here, he says, as you pass into a region of rolling hills in which the lodge is settled. This ought to take us straight back to Orlin's happy home. 
I will assist you for the for, for the details of Corwin's deaths, providing with a full account, including his last request, made in reference to the cause. Yes, always was a good one he was. He says, he will be missed, that he will. Owl is silent for most of the trek as you make your way across the backs of the rolling hills, heading ever to the east and south, back towards Bearpath Lodge. The unmistakable and welcoming aura of wood smoke assails your senses as you start up the particularly steep slope. You immediately realise Bearpath Lodge must be just over the edge back of the wise. The thought of a warm meal and a good night's sleep invigorates you for what you and your legs hope will be one last climb. Mal moves swiftly to the top of the hill and stands staring off to the south. His right hand suddenly shoots back in direction and he hurriedly motions for you to join him. Only moments later, you reach the crown of the hill and stand shoulder to shoulder with your silent companion. Your jaw goes slack and your heart pounds savagely in the pit of your chest. A thick blanket of dark smoke hangs low over the shallow, shallow vale at the base of the hill. Bear Path Lodge burns. Oh no, oh no. And that finishes this scenario with 3,072 experience to general and 384 experience to all skills and powers. So the next time is, the next one is a funeral in the hills. Well, hopefully just one. Yeah, that's the best we can hope for with a chapter like called that. Yeah, so next time, We'll be doing that one, Feudal in the Hills. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.